Hi, folks. Chris Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com, thechrisvossshow.com. Hey, coming here with another podcast. We certainly appreciate you guys tuning in. You guys are the best audience in the world, especially those of you who always listen to the end. Be sure to uh, refer us to your friends, neighbors, dogs, cats, mistresses, pool boys. Get them all listening to Chris Voss Show. We certainly appreciate you guys doing that. Tell them to go to uh, iTunes, Google Play, youtube.com forward slash Chris Voss to subscribe there. Plus, at YouTube, you can now see all the cool videos of Rocky the Raccoon, our new husky puppy. So if you love puppies and who doesn't, go take and subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can see that as well. Uh, also, if you get a chance, please review the show. We certainly appreciate that, and it helps us get more distribution. I've got a most excellent guest, as we always do here on the uh, Chris Voss Show, to compliment our most excellent audience, Les Cowie and Les uh, has enjoyed a distinguished career working with venture capital groups and corporations in the USA over the last 27 years. He's been involved in the acquisition and development of medium to large businesses, including manufacturing, commercial, and service enterprises. In many cases, he was involved in the successful sale of those businesses or helped in their public offering on one of the U.S. stock exchanges. Less identified the profit pillar that applies to every organization, business, or government. Les has also provided consultancy in a variety of organizations, including food processing, textiles, airports, stadiums, and healthcare facilities, automotive 3D design and modeling, integration of component design through the Tier 1, Tier 2, and Tier 3 supply chains, and integrated manufacturing and business software, chemical processing, refining, vacation resort property development, and hospitality. Welcome to the show, Les. How are you doing, buddy? Hey, doing great. It's nice to be with you. Thanks for the invitation. Pleasure to be with you, too. Jesus, is there anything you haven't done? <laughs> oh, well, I've been very lucky since we immigrated here from South Africa just over 27 years ago. Oh, wow. Um, oh, America's been just so just so awesome to us. Uh, our kids have done well. They don't have the funny southern accent that I have. Uh, yeah, you still have your southern Af South Africa <laughs> accent, huh? yeah. But, uh, oh gosh, you know, uh, all of my kids have had a bite at the American dream. My eldest son is a movie producer these days. And wow. At 24, his first movie was The Blair Witch Project. Oh, your son did The Blair Witch Project? Yep, with four partners, uh, ex-UCF students. And uh, it's, uh, oh, America is still the land of opportunity, which, uh, oh gosh, it's why I just so believe in the entrepreneurial spirit in this country and the way people uh, just develop businesses and have a capitalist mindset and make money. Just, oh, like, yeah. you do, just like you're doing. <laughs> I remember the Blair Witch Project, uh, that, that movie with, you know, the way the camera was swirling around, it gave oh, me, it yeah. gave me, uh, it made me want to puke. I had to close my eyes for about five minutes to, because the you know the way the cameras whirling around and stuff, I, I get uh, I forget what it's called. They used to have video games do that to me as well. They would make me they give me motion sickness. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, but that was a hell of a movie. I remember when it went really big at Sundance and everything else. So yeah. let's talk about you. You're an author, accomplished author. You've got uh, I believe three books. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. Cool. Uh Give us some of the plugs, websites, people can look up your books and, and some of your uh, consulting websites or whatever you want to take a plug so people can look those up as we do the show. The, the quickest, quickest way is to go to leszcowie.com. 
www.thepowerofconsulting.com and that's where they can find out about this book called Getting More With Less. I didn't intend that to be a pun, but a lot of people take it that way. But it's really about when CEOs get squeezed and their boards start getting tough. You know, a lot of companies just um, go to look to cut staff, but there are many other ways where you can actually get more money out before you cut staff. I think yeah. I'm going to buy that book for my next wife so that she can have a handbook for dealing with me, getting more with less. <laughs> the, the other two uh, are New Job, Fast Start. I'm getting that one for my future wife, too. I'm not sure what that means. but Seven steps to be seen mastering your new job quickly or your new marriage quickly for you. Well, once you're married, I think the jobs go out the window, but I, that's what I've heard. Um, the... Uh, so you got those two books you published, and you're working yeah. on a new one. So this is the in-company mentor version that mm -hmm. helps, helps corporations coach new job entrants. Nice. Um, you know, um, it's just amazing to me, even the large corporations in this country and worldwide, it's not only the USA, but they do such a great job of the sign-on process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then they do the sexual harassment thing and they do the company policy and they, you know, the, the benefits thing, sometimes even on, on, you know, sophisticated videos. But still, 80% of the companies after that walk the new job entrant across to their workstation, introduce them to whomever may be there at the time, and then dump them. Yep. They leave them to learn the job by trial and error. And yep. And so I just discovered that the way for HR people, because you're training people, can't do every job and all the job content. But if you have a policy where you expect job entrants to be proactive, mm -hmm. give them the things to do and the questions to ask, mm -hmm. I provide the seven X-ray views of a job that allows them to get that information real fast and be successful. Nice. That's and you'll nice. can see a little more about that on www.blesscowie.com. Cool. So they can take a look that up. And then uh, I know that you, there was the pillars of success I was looking at here. Yeah. And uh, it looks pretty cool, uh, the, the different way you, you uh, designed it and everything else. Oh, you're talking about the profit pillar? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I hear your gorgeous dog. I saw that video on the dog, and uh, you are just so lucky to have that husky. But I think what you're referring to is is this, and that's that's the. Ah, yeah. Yeah, you know, um, I was really very fortunate when I came into this country. Uh, IBM helped place me with one of their top business partners, and as it happened. A venture capital firm had just bought that company. We built it up and we were able to successfully sell it. And then I just, over the years, have moved from, you know, one venture capital company to another, just repeating that formula. So I was lucky, as you listed, um, I was lucky to be exposed to a lot of American organizations and then discovered that financially, there's one commonality consistent 
with all of the organizations. Uh -huh. And that's how the profit pillar was designed because all organizations start at the top with resource management, which is really their sources of funds and how you account for the money. And then the next layer is information and people and just the criticality of how that is structured and put together. And then the next layer is customer management and the way you go about customer acquisition, customer satisfaction and customer retention. Then the next layer, of course, is operations. And of course, as you know, that's different from your kind of business. It's different in manufacturing. It's different in service. It's different in hospitality or healthcare. The operations is what's unique about an organization. And then finally, it's the logistics because all organizations have to purchase things. They have to have supplies and components and they have to deliver. They have to have transportation. But each one of those layers attracts cost. And of course, cost affects the bottom line. And when you can, when you can creatively look at the business and look at each of the components in each of those layers, you can find ways to squeeze out more than you thought. And so I had fun just putting that down in the book and, and encouraging CEOs to get their C-level execs together in creative meetings to take a deep dive and drill down in where to get more with less. That's something the real key these now these days. You've you've always got to find new profit centers. You've got to you've got to find more profit among the revenue streams that you currently have. And of course, uh, you know there's a lot of waste when it comes to processes and stuff. And so being able to analyze those and uh, complement them so that you can get more and more out of them. Uh, you know, I, I've always said in business, there's always a better way to do anything. So whatever whatever the job is, whatever the task is, whatever you're trying to accomplish, there's always a better way. And then once you find that better way, there's always a better way. There's just an exponential better way after that. Oh, because you nailed it. You just, you know, uh, thank you for that. You know, um, we're being involved with a venture capital company. Obviously, what we did was we found companies with a great technology or a great approach, but they were struggling. And so they needed cash and funds, and that's how we got in and, you know, took a, a major stake. But in every case, we found that the primary issue was that the chief executive and his C-level execs were comfortable with the status quo. And they never actually took the time to drill down and see if there is, in fact, a safe way to turn the business inside out, upside down. And then when we came in, we had lots of fun having these, uh, um, in many cases, off-site creative meetings. And it's just amazing the talent people have in this country for coming up for, with innovative solutions. You know, why not do it this way? Why not do it that way? It's part of our education system here where, where kids are just you know, encouraged to come up with their own ideas and be their own people. And that... That is something in American business that is not typical worldwide. Really, it's interesting to me. You know, I you can you can have employees and you can treat them as just robots doing their job every day, but you you can really unlock the genius of them if you can tap into their creative creativity 
or if you welcome their creativity. I used to always study books. Uh, I think there was a book uh, years ago called The Fifth Discipline, uh, How to Build a Learning Organization. Yeah. And so I was interested in um, how to build a learning organization. One of the, my mantras that I had around the office that we always went by was the only stupid question is the unasked question. Yeah. Um, and I found out very hard, the, much the hard way as an entrepreneur that the one employee who didn't know either the aspects of his job or didn't know everything he was supposed to know was usually the one that would end up costing me a small fortune when he'd screw up and I'd find out that he didn't know what he should know. Yeah. And so, and usually there, it was because he was too afraid to ask a question and go, uh, I, you know, I don't really understand how this works exactly. And so by having a mechanism or having an environment in our office where it was okay to ask questions, you weren't, you, no one, you know, looked at you and said, what are you stupid? You know, yeah. because those sort of environments, you know, people won't speak up in and then, yeah. you know, and then something really gets broken. Um, yeah. And so having an environment where people can speak up, they can offer ideas, having a learning environment where people will, you know, they'll be like, hey, what if we do it this way? That could be really important. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I, I love getting in these creative meetings. As you say, the way people come up with ideas is just remarkable. Our partner was a lady named Gert Garman, who was part of the Disney uh, uh, training sessions for Imagineers. And getting mm -hmm. engineers to be creative, that's quite a challenge. <laughs> and she's uh, got her own consultancy now. And, you know, if you've got a good facilitator for these creative meetings, they can be so much, so much fun. And uh, my son Robin does that kind of thing as well. He right now is making movies for EA Sports. And one of his projects is the Madden Football Series. Oh, wow. And He's, in fact, building in, and how's this for creativity? Instead of just playing the game, you can actually play the career. There's uh, uh, movies inside the game called Longshot, and they're about some of the professional characters and their children. And the movie arrives at a decision point, stops, and you have to make a decision out of one or four options you might pick the wrong decision and then you discover why it's the wrong decision and have to come around and learn what the right decision is under circumstances like that, you know. And so here you've got games that in <clears throat> the digital world that is so creative, even becoming more creative. I mean, that's why I say I just, I just love the spirit of people in the USA. And if you just put them in a room, and you let them loose and encourage them to be creative. Stunning what they come up with. Yeah, it definitely is. I, you know, I, I noticed you said offsite uh, creative series. Uh, one thing I learned was, you know, so you get stuck so much in your own, you know, you, I mean, you when you're in your own business or companies, you're 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 just surrounded by everything and stuck with so many distractions. And of course, it's really hard to see from the outside in when it comes down to it. Oh yeah, and then and then you sit in the meeting with your smartphone and uh, bing, 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 go the emails. <laughs> no, no. Smartphone. One of the best ways I used to get creative and be able to think outside the box is, yeah. I I take small. I never took big vacations. I take little vacations, and I yeah. you know I I steal away for a weekend or something. 
And usually I'd have, uh, you know, one of my girlfriends drive or something. And I sit there in my, in the car with the yellow pad and I, I take it throughout pretty much the whole vacation. And I just, I just take a look at the yellow pad. I, and I just think about my business and from the outside and what improvements could be made. And the question I always ask myself, uh, and I learned this a long time ago is why do we do it this way? Why do I do it this way? Yeah. And a lot of times I knew why I did it that way because I was the one who built it, but I would question it, its validity and going, um, why do we do it this way? And by doing that and challenging not only ideas, but my ideas made it so I was very open to new things and, and creative new things. Yeah. And so I would take things apart and sometimes I'd disassemble why I built something the way it was and go, okay, well that still works and that's fine. There's, you know, that's, that's going fine. But then sometimes I would look at something else and go, yeah, why do I do it? That doesn't, you know, here, here's some ways we can tweak this. And so getting out of the office, taking a little day trips, uh, and sitting down, being in the car, and, you know, this was the days before the heavy cell phones, but, uh, just taking that tablet and sitting and writing down just ideas. And, and sometimes I just throw down a bunch of crap and just go, hey, and say, what? let's try this. Let's try that. Let's try this. Yeah. And, um, that really opened up a lot of creative juices for me. Is that how you got into what you're doing today? Uh, I probably should do more of that today, but I, I kind of these days know everything I'm supposed to be doing. It's just a matter of whether I'm doing it or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, some of it, some of it is good luck as well. That's true. Not all creativity. Uh, you got a little time for uh, what I, what most people think is a funny story. Sure. Um, and uh, it's 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 kind of an anecdote because uh, before we came into this country, my wife and I were actually lounging at a resort in South Africa, and um, we were sitting next to we were actually on a couch next to uh, a guy named Jody Schechter who in. Uh, 1979 or 1997 was the Formula One world champion racing driver. And he said, what? You're immigrating to the USA? You are going to be sued in the first six months. I'll tell you that. Well, my wife and I choked on our gin and tonics and, uh, well, Jody should know because he'd in fact invested some of his racing millions in in a in a electronic digital company in Atlanta, Georgia, which is where we were headed. Well, we got to Atlanta, Georgia, and we stayed in a, a sort of a yuppie community, and um, we didn't get sued. And then the fateful day came. Uh, the, our neighbour three doors down happened to want to try out his new videotape recorder. It was still videotape recorders in those days. And he was on his front doorstep, his daughter in a bikini, a blonde, beautiful young girl, 16-year-old, was dancing around with her little uh, uh, pup. And in the frame in the background, you see this blue Honda Civic going past. And the young driver taps his friend, points to the girl. They both look at this girl prancing on the grass and drive the Civic directly into the brick mailbox. Oh, boy. Terrible damage. And my eldest son, who was 16 then, runs up the street. He says, ah, mom, dad, I've just smashed into the Angiro's house. <laughs> and I said to Fran, there you go. Are we going to be sued? Well, 
Welcome to America. Yeah, I get down there, I see the disaster, and I get to the door, I'm pushing the bell. People, loud peals of laughter from inside. And eventually, Richard Ungaro comes to the door, and uh, he says, ah, don't worry about the mailbox. I can have a just a wooden mailbox like everybody else. Just get your son to clean it up. But well, he went, very nice. He went on later. Oh, he then said to me, don't tell your insurance company because it'll cost you more than paying for the repairs on the car. And don't tell the police. It's on private property, so you don't have to report it. I got home to my wife and I said, it's a setup. We are definitely going to get sued. <laughs> There's a bigger lawsuit coming. We weren't sued. But Richard went on to say that the investment in the wooden mailbox was the best investment of his life. And <laughs> here's why. When my son came out of college and he needed money, he got the opportunity to visit with Siskel and Ebert, who were the great critics in Chicago in those days. And they looked at the Blair Witch and said, you don't know what you've got in your hand, kid. Uh, you've got to change the ending, and you need to convert it from 16-millimeter film to 35-millimeter and get it to the Sundance Film Festival, and we'll help you with that. Well, suddenly Robin needed 120000 over and above the 35000 that it cost them to make the movie. Oh, yeah. The first person he called on was Richard Angero, who put up $25,000. <laughs> was the Bear Witch hit. Made four hundred ninety million worldwide. Oh, was yeah. in the Guinness, Guinness Book of Records is the most profitable independent movie of the time. Yeah. And of course, I, I just can't tell you on this network uh, how many millions Richard made out of that twenty five thousand. Um, that's a great story. I mean, uh, but he went on. He paid for a few mailboxes. Yeah, he went on uh, to build. Companies like Burger King, Wendy's, uh, Blockbuster Video, and then the eastern half of the USA for uh, Starbucks. And, oh, wow. and he did me the honor of writing the foreword in my book. Oh, awesome. You drove fast start. And he said that if, if these two books had been available at the time that he was running those companies, they'd have been compulsory reading. Now, how about that for good luck? Can That's you, awesome. I'm going to run over some mailboxes in my neighborhood and see what happens. <laughs> oh, but um, he's just been awesome in you know, now introducing me to a number of, of companies who, who are honest about saying, oh, look, you know, uh, we've got these great videos on, on sexual harassment and company policy, but yes, we walk people across to their workstation and dump them. How do we fix that? Yeah. So uh, what? Yeah, I know you mentioned early on seven steps. Yeah. I think of of the stuff. Tell us more about that. Oh, uh, thanks for that. Um, you know, I discovered once again because I bumped into such a variety of jobs in these companies we were buying and selling. I always look for what. What's the commonality? What's the same thing about these things? And I stumbled onto the fact that every job has seven components. doesn't matter what the job is, even your job, okay? Every job has an environment, and that's an internal environment, which is the space immediately where you work, the things in your workstation, the software you use at your workstation, it's your internal environment. But you have an external environment. In your case, it's people that you're interviewing 
you know, on, uh, on this uh, site of yours. But every job, especially if you think of salespeople, they interact with a lot of people outside of their company. Financial people do. You know, purchasing people do. Every job has an internal and an external environment. So somebody coming new into the job, the first thing they need to know is, what's the environment I'm going to live in? Next thing, every job has a process flow. It has a beginning point and then things that move in sequence to an end point where it starts again. Uh -huh. The things that go in parallel and some things start a little later, but there's a process flow. So anybody new in a job should learn how to plot the process flow in the job. Mm. Next thing, there's frequencies. And I'm sure you and most of your listeners have heard of the Pareto Principle, where, which says that in any activity, 20% of it occurs 80% of the time. So if you look at any job, the things that you would normally do in the job, 20% of the raw materials you use or parts or components or paperwork, okay, 20% of it is used 80% of the time. The processes that you apply, 20% of the things you have to do are done 80% of the time in order to produce the results. So if you can have a new job entrant, identify those 20%ers and get them done, you know, be proficient in them real quick. They, they, they get to being productive in the job at least 80% of the time in an electric amount of time. Yeah, it always, uh, it always amazed me how the 80-20 rule is such a consistent thing. I'm like, I remember testing the math on it and noting my businesses over the years. And I'm just like, wow, this just always works. Oh, yeah. The converse of that is that 80% of the job happens only 20% of the time. And I ask myself the question, well, what's experience? And if you think of it, experience is being around long enough for that 80% that happens only 20% of the time to have happened enough times for you to remember how to handle them. That's experience. So get a job entrant moving real fast on the 20%ers, and then over time, they're going to pick up the experience. Then the, every process has ins and outs. Okay? To apply the process, you've got to have things coming in. Raw materials, components, supply, computer system. You can identify what those inputs are. Then you apply the process steps to them and you produce the output. But what I find in most American companies is they don't have the control track on it because everything has feedbacks. Okay? I mean, even when you drive your car, you've got a GPS system, right? So you set, you set where you're going to go. Well, the GPS shows you where you are. It's giving you feedback. And then sometimes it gives you that irritating message, in a thousand feet, make a legal U-turn. Okay, That's feedback. The feed forward is the route that you're supposed to be following. And that's what's so often missing in companies. They don't provide the fee forward of standards, the quality standards, the, the throughput rates that are needed. Uh, and the, the standards of things that have to be done to produce the correct output. So ins and outs are really important. And for critical processes, you need checklists. Nobody understands a checklist better than a pilot, an astronaut, a doctor. You know, 
just a few checklists just help a new job entrant very rapidly become successful. And now, the two things that I never found, even in major corporations, and you go back to the 2080 theory, because most people teach how to do the job correctly. But as you know and I know, jobs don't always go right. Things yeah. go wrong. And guess what? Faults go wrong. 20% of the faults go wrong 80% of the time. So if you can at least identify those 20%ers, teach those to new job entrants, they are going to nail it each time. But you've got to teach them to recognize the symptom of something going wrong and then the possible causes of that symptomatic fault so that they apply the correct action for the correct cause. So that fault analysis thing, that study is very critical. If companies that have, and a lot of major corporations have great, sometimes even video-based training, but I always found that's missing. There's nothing teaching fault diagnosis and correction. Last thing, number seven, is what I call the patrol pattern and inspection sequence. So now, if you know that things might go wrong, then don't sit on your butt all the time in the job. Make time to get up, move around, patrol that territory. That's what the police do. That's what military folk do. They've learned it if they want to survive. Patrol anticipating where problems might occur. Recognize the symptoms and nail them before they become a costly error. Patrol pattern and inspection sequence. Even accountant who spends his time on a computer looking at accounting systems has a patrol pattern and inspection sequence. When that screen comes up, his eye goes to there, goes to there, goes to there, looking for check, 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 everything's okay, move on. The minute he sees that something doesn't look right, digs down, you know. So patrol pattern inspection speaking, those seven things, if you can teach job entrance, if you can give them those seven x-ray views of a job, and in the book, uh, at the back of the book, I provide the uh, capture sheets. And on the front is the capture sheet. And they are given at the back, they are given the things to do and the questions to ask in order to capture the right information. Just seven simple sheets. And if a job entrant, a college graduate, or someone out of the military or anybody just moving into a new job or even a baby boomer who's getting tired of retirement and wants to get back into maybe a less stressful job if you teach them the things to do and the questions to ask they'll nail that job real fast and you'll see it you'll just see you'll see success happening in 20 percent of the time which is why i always have the picture with my hands up like this my son gets embarrassed about that because he says people might get the wrong interpretation of that. <laughs> Donald Trump airs my hands. Um, yeah, I mean, I used to patrol my office, but I got in trouble with HR when I was started tasering employees. So was that. I had to go back to the Billy Club. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. You know, um, I invite 
people, people who will go to www.lescoweyconsulting.com, if they put their name in there in their email, you know, people have become just so sensitive these days because of just so many internet things of putting in an email, you know, and a name, and they avoid doing that. I make a promise on my site that people are not going to be pounded with, you know, broadcast email after broadcast email. But if they put their name in there, I'll send them a free copy of the book. Well, that's a good deal. Free copy of the book, folks. And what's that website again? www.lescoweyconsulting.com There we go, lescoweyconsulting.com. And uh, he's got a lot of great graphics on his website as well. Uh, what other uh, websites can we find you on? Let's get those plugs in. Okay, well, um, the one I've just mentioned, www.lescoweyconsulting.com, is where you get the information on getting more with less, you know, getting more with less effort is what I mean there. Um, and the, the Profit Pillar illustrations are there. There are videos there. I've got a video series which, like you, because I've followed your pattern, um, is... Uh, as a video and then it's also available as a podcast and I call it in less than three minutes. So it's real quick for people. And then the second site is www.lescowie.com and that's the one for the seven steps. And on the landing page of that one, there's actually a humorous little five minute animated video with a character I call Fuzz because it's a very fuzzy area in most companies. And Fuzz explains the seven steps much better than I did a little while ago. <laughs> For some people that are baby boomers, uh, the fuzz means something entirely different, but yeah, that was a 60s thing. Um, so anyway, we appreciate you being on the show, Les, and sharing some of your wonderful stuff. Be sure to check out his books. I'm sure you can find these on Amazon. Is that correct, Les? Oh, yes, on Amazon and on Kindle. Yeah. Cool. The thing with Amazon, um, it's, you need to search by the book name uh, because if you search by Les Cowie, there are so many Cowies, rugby people and international people with that name that, that you don't find me there yet easily. Well, hopefully they'll take and find you based on the titles of the book. Anyway, thanks to Les for coming by. We certainly appreciate him sharing some of the knowledge. Uh, be sure to check out his website so you can take and learn more. And be sure to uh, tell your friends, neighbors, relatives, subscribe to the Chris Voss Show. Go to youtube.com, Fortress Chris Voss. See the videos of the puppy and, and reviews of products, that too. Uh, you can go to uh, iTunes or Google Play as well. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. You guys are the best audience, and we'll look forward to seeing you guys next time.